Hello and welcome to the Christmas episode of Living a Culture of Life podcast by Human Life International. I'm your host, Colleen Haupt, and I'm joined today by Father Bouquet. Oh, Colleen, as always, great to be with you, and especially you. on this podcast. Yeah, it's Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry or Christmas. Merry almost Christmas. <laughs> yeah, so why is the story of Christmas important for pro-lifers? Well, it, it, obviously, it, it, it does speak for itself. We're yeah. celebrating the incarnation of Christ. And so, you know, I've written on this a number of times and just kind of really talking about, you know, how the incarnation changes every conception, you know, makes us mindful of how every womb is blessed. You know, every new life that comes into being, you know, is blessed because Christ has blessed life. He has blessed the womb. He has blessed motherhood. He has blessed each of us. And so it's it's, it's so beautiful for us to celebrate and to remember the, the, the dignity of every human life and the wonder of every human life and the unique gift that this life is going to bring into this world. And, 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 I, and I think that's why I love Christmas so much. It's, um, I mean, there's so many fond memories of Christmas. I know we're going to talk a little bit about that. But for me, it, you know, even though my staff and you're, you're part of my staff and, you know, I, everyone knows uh, that I sing Christmas songs all year long. I mean, it's, uh, it's just uh, and part of it really is because of the message of the incarnation. You know, uh, St. Padre Pio used to speak about, you know, the incarnation often could tell you the day between the day someone asked him how many days till Christmas he could tell you. I mean, wow. I'm pretty good at that myself. And, and why? Because for me, it, it's about life. It's about the beauty of life. And it's the wonder of life. And look, that God so loved the world that in the fullness of time, he sent his only son. I mean, this is what we're celebrating. And for me, it's celebrated every day, you know, to remember what God has done for me, for you, for, for all of us, and, and for every little, little wonder that is going to come into being today because of the openness of their mom and dad is a gift of creation, a gift of God, and we should celebrate. And and so, I, and for me in the pro-life movement, of course, as one of its leaders and working within this movement, you know, is to remember that because that's what we go forth and we, we bear witness to, you know, the, the, the wonder of every life. And so it, it's it's a great time. Uh, it's it's one of my as I said I I, I I try to live it throughout the year, and I'm very mindful of of, of Christmas every day. And uh, and that's why I keep a nativity scene up in my office uh, mm-hmm. all year long. There's one in my residence near my chapel all year long. It's a, it's it, for me. It's a constant reminder to remember what God has done. That you know, uh, and that, you know, as Scripture says that you know, uh, you know, God who is rich became poor so that I who am poor may be made rich. And, you know, it's, it's a reminder to me constantly. And, uh, and so I think it's hand in glove for the pro-life movement. Okay, you kind of jumped into that. What is your favorite Christmas tradition? Now I'm curious. <laughs> uh, my favorite Christmas tradition really revolves around family, uh, you know, the Christmas caroling and, uh, and, and getting together uh, with friends and neighbors and, and going house to house. You know, something, sadly, we don't do as much today, uh, but uh, I, I have great, great fond memories of those opportunities. And, but I would say there's another one that goes with it, and that is serving the poor. You know, working in some of the uh, local food banks and kitchens and, you know, uh, and I, I wish it was, I know, even though I know this is done every day throughout the year, but so many more people would come out at this time of the year and the season of Advent and then, of course, moving into Christmas time and even post-Christmas into the new year. There's a mindfulness of humanity. There's a mindfulness of, of neighbor uh, and people are uh, a little more aware of the needs of others. And, and, and so I, I really love the tradition of going and help, 
you know, giving of my time, you know, to serve others. And, and uh, something I hope that I will continue to do, you know, as long as I possibly can. And, uh, and, and I cherish those who do that. You know, every year they, they give up a certain aspect of their day to go and serve. So that's kind of a tradition uh, that, uh, that I really also appreciate. Yeah, it's a beautiful tradition. It's actually funny because my family used to do that on Christmas morning at a local veterans home. We would, our family would just go and we would cook breakfast for the veterans. And that was one of my favorite traditions was because you got to see the whole family and you're making this great breakfast, like monkey bread and stolen and <laughs> omelets. Like it was delicious. And we got to do it all as a family. So it was fa- quality family time and you felt like you were doing something good for the people around you. So right. yeah. yeah. I, I completely understand that. Yeah, and, I, and I think, you know, that what people remember so much, too, is what you just mentioned, and, and that is family, you know, being with family, being with friends, you know, just being together and, you know, just celebrating, you know, the, the wonder that Christmas is with each other. So mm-hmm. I, I, and also, you know, when, when you're mindful of others' needs, you're, you're also mindful that not everyone is as fortunate you know, and, and has mm-hmm. have had those kinds of memories. Some people, uh, this time of the year is a very difficult time. It's a time when they remember the loss of loved ones or uh, sad tragedies in their lives at this time of the year. And so for us, it's an opportunity to, to let them know they're not alone, you know, that, you know, we're with you. You know, I can't take away your pain or your suffering, but I can help you carry it. I can journey with you. I can at least bring a sense of comfort today that lets you know that you're loved, you're cared for. And I always appreciated, you know, these days, especially as a priest, when I was back in parish ministry, the difficulty was because of the of the schedule of Christmas and the masses, and was hard to visit. You know, the hospital and nursing homes, and and I always appreciated the parishioners who would take that 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 opportunity to go. You know, they couldn't bring the sacraments. You know, and they but if there was a need, of course, I would go. But they could go and bring cards and gifts and cookies and things that people could share go caroling yeah and we did that in the nursing home yeah Uh, we did that in nursing home so much fun and it was just again to remember that there are so many people in need and it's our chance to i just my only hope i wish it were lived throughout this year uh, mm. That every day was lived that way. That's that to me is always my Christmas prayer. You know, uh, for me, I as anyone who knows me and gets to know me well, um, is that my least favorite day of the year, and and I say that with a with a sense of uh, uh, don't misunderstand. I was I'm going to explain it is the day after Christmas mm-hmm. because in many ways the world shifts gears. For us, we're just starting the Christmas season, and and for me, it's a kind of a, in a way I've always felt a little sense of. Um, uh, not say a little depressed, but just a little sad that mm-hmm. the, the whole season from the world is, is just like, like a radio switch gets turned off. The radio literally does stop playing Christmas songs. For me, <laughs> it's just beginning and I want everybody else to do the same thing. And so for me, it's, it is, it's a day of sadness in some little way. And uh, so I, that's why maybe in a way I, I kind of go overboard, you know, to make it sure that we keep going, we keep doing. And I, and I start counting down and, you know, the yeah. next day, the date goes on there, 364 days till Christmas, you know, but just to, to keep it in front of people. And uh, so, I, and I, again, back in when in parish ministry, it was always so disappointing, you know, to drive down the road to go for Christmas Day or come back Christmas Eve, and there's already Christmas trees, you know, put out on the side of the road. And it was so disappointing. You know, we're, we're just starting this long, beautiful season. How long do you keep your tree up for then? Well, uh, it depends now because I travel so much 
Uh, the uh, uh, typically now here at HLI we normally put up uh, two uh, Christmas trees, mm-hmm. and so which are real trees. Uh, one upstairs and our, where our staff can appreciate, and one by our front door where our visitors can appreciate in low nativity scenes. Um, and in the residence, because right now I currently uh, live alone, uh, uh, I'm have no one living with me in this current moment, uh, other priest, and so I have an artificial tree, which uh, and so. And it stays up 365. And so right beside the nativity scene. And so that people do know I do light it sometimes throughout the year. So uh, and then I do have a Christmas tree, an artificial one in my bedroom, actually, that gets almost every night to gets lit. So I do love Christmas. So it's uh, and, uh, and, and, and my bedroom is a nativity scene. So it's to me, it's always connected. One of my most precious gifts uh, the, of all the many gifts I've received in my lifetime, you know, um, from a religious sister that I helped look after in her uh, older years, later years of life. And it was a gift that was given to her. So I don't know the age, and it was something passed down, you know, for many generations. And it's the um, it's St. Nicholas mm-hmm. holding the infant child. Oh, I've seen statues. So there's many different versions, versions but this one it, yeah. I've never seen before, and it's just because of its age. And so it's not here at HLI. I have it in my own home back in Louisiana. And, uh, and that stays in my chapel all year long back home. And, but when I, for Christmas time, so when I go home for Christmas, it's going to move from the chapel directly into my, into my living room where my tree will be. And, uh, and so when my great nieces and great nephews come over and they ask, you know, they see Santa, and then I get a chance to explain Santa Claus, who is St. Nicholas, who is this man that we remember. And uh, so, uh, and help these children understand that there is a St. Nicholas, there is a Santa Claus, not in the secular understanding, but the, the real beauty of, of, the, of the communion of saints and this man that gives us this understanding of, of, of giving and sharing and celebrating and living the life that Christ has given to us. So it, it sits right on my, this one that sits right on my coffee table. And it really is the center. It's where people come in, and, and there's a big wreath around it. It's uh, it's celebrated, and Sister cherished that image, and uh, and I do too. So it's a very very powerful image. Did you believe in that secular idea of Santa as a kid? Uh, probably so. I mean, no <laughs> doubt with all the, the tinsel and all the uh, the fanfare, uh, you know. And I do, but it, but as I've aged, of course, and came to understand in a in a more profound way the incarnation. So as I grew in my understanding of faith and my understanding of the precious gift of the incarnation, then. M- course, my framework, my mindset. And I still love the lights, the tinsel, the mm-hmm. beauty of the season, uh, even the secular, you know, uh, hymns or, or music and yeah. so forth. Or and I do. I really appreciate it. I, I, and again, my staff, you're <laughs> one of them. And, you know, and, uh, and it. here's it all. Here's it all. Come out of my office. So it's July I, and I heard you walking oh, absolutely. by. Well, Christmas in July was six months out. So but it's just the idea that, you know, the to remember. And so the uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, I, I, if I could live it every day and celebrate every day, I would. But at the same time, you know, I, I would always use in the parish and speaking with children, because when they would ask questions, you know, mm-hmm. well, Father, do you believe in Santa Claus? Of course I do. You know, Saint Nicholas. And so, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And it was a chance, and never to diminish their, their view of how they look at Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the image of the, which many people remember my age as the Coca-Cola Santa, which was, I mean, just the, that old traditional look of St. Nicholas. But there are many images. I would always pull books out and show them images. 
So these are the wonderful ways that people remember, you know, a man who lived and walked among us. And and the kids were amazed. I so said, never let anyone tell you, ever tell you that there is no Santa Claus. Yes, there is. And so, but as they aged, of course, you know, it was a chance to educate them, you know, a little more fully. And what a beautiful blessing to know that every mom and dad, every gr- grandma and grandpa, godmother, aunts, uncles are living out what St. Nicholas lived. Yeah. Every time we give that kind of gift, it, it, even when people don't know, know where it originates, it originates in, in, in the generosity, first, of God, and the second, in the generosity of those who accepted the generosity of God and then shared that generosity with others and, and sacrificed for others, which goes back to this wonderful man from Smyrna, you know, just a beautiful life for us to remember. And, and, and again, that's probably why I try to keep it all year long. It's because it, we should. We should keep it all year long. No, I'm not gonna. Well, I shouldn't say that. I do have Christmas lights up, so I mean, it's, it's so. It, it, I, I mean, I can't deny it. So, it, it, so, but with all of it, right beside it, mm-hmm. is the nativity. So yeah. it's that constant reminder for me, and and so and I try to do that when people I share. So it uh, and so uh, so it, as a priest, it does upset me, however, that we have so secularized, you know, this great this great feast that. It, Jesus gets lost mm-hmm. in the secular imagery. But that's the challenge of the gospel, is that we have to go back in there, which goes back to your first question about the pro-life movement. And to me, I talk about the incarnation very often uh, when, when doing radio interviews and never miss an opportunity you know, to bring up you know, the reason that every womb is sacred, mm-hmm. that every child is, is sacred. This is a chance to talk about that and to use Christmas. What, what more powerful message could we use? And one that people can relate to. So everyone's grown up with the story of Christmas in some way, shape or form. Exactly. You know, even I remember, you know, giving, uh, you know, using the little drummer boy Mm. to tell the story, you know, and and so, and use this story to tell a real story. And, you know, and and an opportunity to talk about the the three astrologers, the three wise men coming from a great distance, to talk about the, the angels heralding the great news, you know, to talk about the shepherds, you know, receiving that great news and then going in haste, you know, to see this great sign. You know, these are powerful stories that relate to us today and help us to navigate our own lives today. They give, they give meaning, purpose to our lives. And, and for us as, as Christians, we know the fullness of the story, you know, that, that would end on a cross. And then, of course, three days later, would, you know, would rise from the dead. And so we, we, we know the story, but it began, you know, with the reception of a proclamation of good news, mm-hmm. you know. And so Mary's yes, her welcoming, you know, let it happen to me in accordance with your word. We should celebrate that daily. And so uh, maybe not play all the jingle things, but I, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> well, okay. Along that note, then, how can we let Christmas influence what we do the rest of the year? What are, like, I guess, practical ways or like ways that it can we can incorporate it every part of the year without necessarily playing jingle bells every day? Right. Uh, for, for myself, I just going back to the, this is why I, I keep the nativity scenes up okay. for myself. So in my chapel, as I mentioned, in my office, in my bedroom, and it's, it's again, for me, it's a great rem- reminder. And mm-hmm. so I think that's something that people have to find for themselves, you know, what, what keeps them focused, you know, uh, not just in Christmas tide, you know, mm-hmm. but with throughout the year. And so every time I walk out of my door to come upstairs, 
you know, where my chapel and my residence is, the front, the main door is where the tree is located. But there's a very large nativity scene. So every time I go out that door, that's the image that's in front of me. So every time I go into my chapel, that's the image. So now, obviously, you know, the chapel, uh, you know, has our, our Lord fully present in the Blessed Sacrament, you know, but, but here, this is what we're talking about. And so I think for each of us, as we go out into this world, we have to be bearers of that light. To Paul would say, be an ambassador, you know. And so I think for me, in my own way, loving Christmas the way that I do, and I know so many people do, can be an ambassador. This is one way to carry that light forward. But I think the challenge is, is obviously not going too overboard, but, 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 but using the moment. Don't be afraid of the moment. You know? And so when people would say, oh, you know, people have put so much up in their yard, maybe it's true, but use it as a moment to reconnect people. Why we're celebrating that? Why your family's coming over? You know, why, you know, this is a moment to, to remember that God so loved the world. So to me, it, it, it's a great opportunity. And, I, and, and so I think people just have to find their way of, of talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so for, for myself, you know, when, when, when all the family comes over, you know, they, they kind of expect I'm going to give a little talk. You know, now for myself, when I'm home for Christmas, I try to, you know, help out where I can, you know, for mass. And, and then, but I also, you know, have mass in my own chapel mm-hmm. on Christmas Day and uh, with my own family that come over and, uh, and sometimes neighbors, friends, they all come in. Uh, but I try not to take them from their parishes and their parish celebrations. I mean, that's where they should be. Mm-hmm. But this is family, immediate family. And so, but right before dinner or lunch, or both sometimes, I give a little talk. A little, little something, just something to remember. Now, kind of people expect the priest to be doing this. But I would say that every dad, every mom should pause, you know, in, in, in the midst of those celebrations and just remind everybody the reason why we are here today. Yeah. So I, I really believe there's, uh, again, I just, I, get, I have great memories of, mm-hmm. of that being done for me and, and, uh, and seeing others do that within their own families. And it always touched me. You know, to see the, the sincerity and the generosity of people, you know, that just open their hearts to the, to the Holy Spirit in those moments and allow those moments to become a, a kind of a pulpit, if you will, a chance to share the good news. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, so I know that's what, that's what makes me who I am. I mean, I, I know it, and that's why I, I celebrate it so much. And, and if I may, I think as I travel around the world, and of course, as I've always said, as long as my, my immediate family, my parents and immediate family are still with me in this world, then that's where I will be every year, uh, even as a missionary. Um, uh, but there are so many places I have been prior to Christmas or right after Christmas, and I'd love to see their, their culture during Christmas. Mm. Uh, and, 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 and I would say they're in the Philippines, uh, they, they celebrate Christmas. Uh, you think I celebrate Christmas early. Uh, so it goes, starts very early and it goes into the springtime uh, in many places. But wow. I would say the same thing in other parts of the world I've been. And uh, it, it's exciting. I loved, I'd love to be there for their festivity. Yeah. One day, we'll see. <laughs> well, what's your favorite Christmas song then? Oh, no, Colleen, that's going to be a little difficult um, because, you know. Okay, we can distinguish. What's your favorite Christmas hymn versus your favorite, like, secular Christmas song? Um, I don't think that helps much, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, Silent Night is still one of my favorite. You know, it's it's just the, to to really enter in, you know, to what 
this a wonderful hymn is reflecting on, you know, and I love to to do that. And and of course, hark the herald angels sing. You know that uh, that just fits right in with me because that's I mean, uh, to me, oftentimes I I think of myself as a big horn, you know, just to <laughs> to, to get out and just let 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 blow it, you know, yeah. or a big bell, let it ring, you know. So, uh, but. I, I, that's not a Christmas hymn that I don't like. <laughs> so, let's put it that way. I love it, and and the, and so for me, even when back in parish ministry, you know, uh, uh, sometimes we didn't have say a choir at a particular uh, a mass. Mm-hmm. We sang nonetheless, and we sang all of them uh, and the hymns at each one. And and so uh, and I always tell them, I'm going to be the organ. Going to we're going to sing together. We're going to we're going to. It's important. And so, uh, seculars, I don't know. There's uh, there's quite a few that I actually like, and I, right now I can't think of one that really just uh, shines uh, out among the others because so many of the ones I do like are just really religious songs that have been now kind of secularized in a way. Like, you know, for example, like, like Joy to the World, you'll, okay. you'll hear, and they, of course— See, they I think make, of that as a hymn because we right. still sing it for Christmas. Right, but, exactly. But, yeah. the, but the secular world has kind of picked that up yeah. and, and moved it into different ones. And uh, and so I, I, I can't tell you one right off the top. I, mean, I was just thinking of like Jingle I, I, Bells I, I, well, or like, no, I don't no, know. No, I think, again, um, the— um, is uh, Ben Crosby's uh, piece, you White know, Christmas. Yes, uh, and, but also yes. the little drummer boy. He sang it oh. with, and I'm trying to think of the uh, the. Um, he's kind of a pop rock singer, and I'm trying to think of his name right now. Uh, was it D- David David Bowie, if I uh, if I remember correctly? Okay. He, he and uh, and people maybe we can look it up, and it's, uh, I hear it every once in a while, but I remember it, and and I just loved the the, the voice of both of these men from two very different generations. But singing this this wonderful wonderful, and the other one is you know that uh, comes out a little maybe after Christmas a little more than New Year, but you know the the wonderful thing let there be peace on earth. Mm. Still one of one of the and I've heard it done in so many different ways, but it's still one of my my friend. And the, what's the other one that I like so much? Um, 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 do you hear what I hear? Oh, uh, I'm not yeah. sure that, if that's a title, but I mean yeah, that's the, the refrain. Do you hear what I hear? Uh, and uh, I'm not sure again what the title is. It might be the title. So um, I think it is. So it's is. it's one that I do love. And again, Bing Crosby actually sings this one. Bing Crosby is the voice of Christmas. <laughs> like, let's be real. If you're going to listen to one singer, it's going to be my. It's going to be Bing Crosby. Michael Bublé is a close second. But <laughs> I do like two, Michael Bublé's piece uh, absolutely. We, we had uh, Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra's joint Christmas album oh, yeah. growing up, so we listened to a lot of that mm. one. But White Christmas is. Well, well I will go to YouTube. Uh, in the evenings when after I've, I've some even I've done it lately and actually go back and look at old you know uh, Ben Crosby shows for Christmas mm. uh, look at um, Frank Sinatra shows for Christmas sometimes they're together uh, also getting together with um, a number of the, those those older generation uh, singers that I still mm-hmm. love yeah. and uh, and today it's just not the same you know, mm-hmm. at least for me and so I like to go back and I like to look at them and listen to them and uh, and remember and uh, it, and I think what it does like every song does I think for people in different times not just Christmas time it sparks a memory yeah makes me think of my godmother one of my fondest memories you know as a as a youth really revolves around my godmother you know because my I was uh, lived with my godmother she uh, was abandoned by her husband uh, only after two weeks of marriage and uh, he disappeared and no one ever knew whatever happened to him and so she became. Godmother to so many of us. She was my mother's godmother. She was mine, um, and she was known as Nanny to to so many. And but I lived with her until uh, not long before she died. And uh, and every night, especially this time of the year, 
she had, and I actually still have it, and, and now you're making me think, Colleen, where is it? I know it's in a, I have it in a safe box, but it's a, it came from a, I'm not sure in this part of the of the country, but uh, there was a, a Evangeline bread, which is a very southern, like sunbean up here maybe, um, had a, a big flyer. So, and it, I mean, I uh, know people in the camera can see I'm using my hands, but it's a, it's a big flyer, and uh, she would unfo- uh, unfold it, and this is all Christmas hymns. And she would sing to me. So I have great, great memories of, of, of Christmas time. And, and she's also the one that really sparked the faith, you know, a richness of faith. But she, she, she left an indelible mark, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I still have that folded, you know, piece of paper. It's very fragile right now, so I don't take it out too often. Um, I should do something with it uh, to protect it. But, but uh, sitting in that green Nogahai chair by uh, an open heater with an open flame, the only one in the whole house, and uh, in wintertime, and she would sit there and she would sing. That's beautiful. I think songs have a way of sparking such memories. And like you said, Christmas songs especially. Right. Because I think we hear them every year at the same time of year, so they're very tied to specific times of our lives. Right. But, yeah, do you have anything else you'd like to share with listeners no, for Christmas? All or? I would say is, is you know, when we, we sing the hymn Joy to the World, there's we, we, we especially for us here in our apostolic work, you know, when every time we, we celebrate the life of a child or we celebrate the wonder of life, it's, it's singing joy to the world. And, and so the pro-life movement really is about that. It's, it's a message of joy. It's a message of hope. It's a message of love. It's a message of care. And, and for us, it really, you know, centers on look what God has done for us. Look at what's, what God has given to us, uh, you know, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Lord, our Shepherd. And so... It, it, that's all I would say is, you know, let's let our horn blow and blow loud. And if, if in one other image, let your ring your bell and ring it loud. Let everyone hear it. You know, we need to celebrate life. And we all know that this year has been, you know, filled with um, uh, many challenges. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been given many opportunities, as we have talked about here in our podcast, Colleen, you know, with the overturning of Roe and being sent back to the states and the challenges that are before us. And there's many other issues. We see bills being passed on euthanasia. We see the assault on marriage uh, today. So many things are affecting our youth with the gender dysphoria and all these things. And I don't want to take our program and, and all these little negative issues or challenges, but to me, that's what we got to go out and, and, and proclaim is the good news, to, mm-hmm. to bring into these moments the good news and to challenge these false things that, that diminish life, that, that treat life as a commodity and or a life that is difficult and struggling and thinking it's not worth. No, every life is of great value. And, and our Lord became poor so that he, we might be rich and every person is rich. It's wonder. It's an awe to behold, you know. And I think every person we meet, we need to recognize the awesomeness that we stand before. And that's what Christmas does, too. So that's my hope as we enter into the great season and, and go out into the new year, you know, is to take the incarnation with us. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Father. That's a beautiful reflection. And to all of our listeners, have a very, very Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening this year. Um, if you're following on YouTube, please like, follow, subscribe. If you're listening on our audio platforms, please follow and share with your friends and just have a blessed holiday. Merry Christmas and God bless.